Everybody ready today? If you brought your Bible, get that out. If you got a Bible or a Bible app, open it up. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Also, also find Galatians chapter 1. These two places. Jeremiah and Galatians. What if you lost all your memories? What would it be like? To walk around not knowing who you are. If you suddenly didn't know who you were or why you existed. Uh, I don't think that probably happens to many people physically. But I think it happens to a whole bunch of people regarding spiritual things. Regarding who they really are. Regarding e e eternity. I, I like to think of this as our, our true identity. Many people are, are aware of who they are in the physical world. They look, in them, they look themselves in the mirror. They know where they were born. They know where they grew up. They know what job they go to and, and what their last name is. They, they, you know, they think their life is all about their, their physical appearance, their, their hair color and their height and their weight and their skin color and their, their education or their lack thereof and, 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 and all these things defining descriptions, but I believe there's a, there's a true identity that goes beyond that for every single person, and it would, be, it would be even more important for us to recognize what I'm talking to you about today than it would be just to be well-versed in all we are physically and how people see us and, and our past and so forth. And, and so I want to I ask you those kind of questions and, and, and talk to you about uh, about who you really are. Who are you? Why are you here? Is there some divine purpose to your life? Or are you just an accident of nature? <laughs> We're just, oops, who you, here you are from the goo to the zoo to you. And now we all exist. Now we all are here. Were you just a random seed that found the egg? And here you are, or or did maybe that was just maybe that happened just to produce the house you live in. Maybe that physical side just produced your physical body, and it it it, it determines some of your physical characteristics. But it's not really you. Maybe your house, the house you live in, your physical body, your earth suit. Maybe that's just temporary. Hmm. Everybody with me today? Maybe there's a whole other person on the inside, and I believe that's absolutely the case. I want to tell you today that God saw you coming. <laughs> he saw you coming before you, before you were even thought up by your parents, before anyone, uh, before anyone considered your, your existence, he knew you. He saw you coming, and he had a purpose and a plan for your life. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5 reads this way, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Think about that. Before I formed you, so God was involved in forming people, where? In the womb. He said, before that happened, before I did that, I knew you. Well, how did he know us? Or how did he know Jeremiah here? How did he know Jeremiah before he formed him in the, in the womb? Well, that's a little tool that God has called foreknowledge. 
he is able to see things before they happen. He's able to look and, and accurately describe and define and set purpose and everything for things before they happen. He knows the future better than we know the past. All right? And he was able to see. Here he comes. Before I formed him in the womb, I got someone coming. His name's going to be Jeremiah. And what did he do? He said, before you were born, I sanctified you. That means he set him apart. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And I think if God knew Jeremiah, it's only logical. He probably knows a few other people. I mean, before they were born. I mean, it is Jeremiah the only one in the history of the planet that God knew ahead of time? Or is it more likely that we just have the Lord revealing this particular thought process to Jeremiah? Yeah. And I think if he knew him, maybe he knew me too. If he knew, and if he knew me and Jeremiah, maybe he knew you before you were born. Maybe before you even showed up, he had some thoughts, he had some plans, he had some purposes, and he saw what he wanted to do in the earth, and he saw what, did he, what he wanted to do after we leave this life, and he said, yeah, that's one, there's one there, I've got some things for them to do, and he planned some stuff out, amen. I, sometimes people feel insignificant, maybe you felt that way, maybe we all felt that, felt that way at different times, there's not much to me, I don't have much purpose or much value, not really a huge reason for my being here, uh, I'm telling you that's not the Lord's perspective, that, that anyone would be insignificant. Why? He's already been planning stuff. You may not know what it is, but he's been planning stuff for you before you were formed in the womb. Yeah. And many question, or some at least question, the very notion that God would have a purpose for their life. Because sometimes of how they came into the, into the earth. Uh, some would say, my parents didn't even plan for me. Thinking more, I'm an accident. I'm an oops. Uh, some, some are here and they're a result. Their, physical, their presence on the planet is a result of rape. Or they were born out of wedlock. Or, uh, you know, maybe they look at themselves and say, I've never really done anything important. I've never really accomplished much. I don't really see a God spark there. I don't see a God design in my life. Uh, others would, would judge themselves and say, I don't really have much skill. I don't have a lot of gifts like some people do. Or, or I've done many things wrong. Uh, I've failed so many times. And there's a lot of ways where we could, lodge, we could get in our thinking and, 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 and justify a reason for having a non-purposeful life, that we should just kind of continue on without any real direction, without any real motivating factor that says we're here for a divine purpose, that there is more than meets the eye. How many know many great people in history also did many things wrong? Many came from a very undesirable beginning, and, uh, and yet they did great things in the earth. They influenced and affected many people's lives. Uh, look at the other verse I directed you to, Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Paul was one of those people who uh, made some poor choices 
uh, along the way in his life. And he was mightily used of God, has influenced millions of people and influences us here today. But at one time, you know, he, he, was, he was doing some pretty terrible things, some pretty terrible things. He mentioned it here in Galatians chapter 1, verse 13. He, he, he writes, for you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism. Now stop for a moment. Notice how he calls it his former conduct. He, he's, he's not saying, you have heard of the way I am. Oh, you've heard of me, you know what I do. No, he said, you've heard of the way I used to be. Does anybody have any used to be's in their life? <laughs> I imagine uh, th there are probably quite a few of us that if we were to talk about our former conduct, it would not accurately describe our current way of living. All right? And we should keep that in its proper perspective. Not being defined by the way things used to be. Not saying, well, I've done so many things wrong. Well, join the club. Let's, keep, let's move beyond that now. Okay? Because your former conduct doesn't need to be your current conduct or your future conduct. And Paul, one of the greatest people in history, mightily used of God, had former conduct. All right? Now, maybe some of you, your current conduct needs to be your former conduct. Hmm? And we certainly give space and permission for everyone today who has current conduct that is unbecoming to uh, make a decision today that when you leave, that the way you were when you came into the place today, you're going to, when you leave, it will have been your former conduct by your own choice, by your own decision. So that's the way I used to be. And something happened. Huh? Man, stuff like this is happening all the time. You might as well be you too. Man, there's all kinds of individuals having their lives turned around. I mean, they used to be one way, and they're literally, they're, they're different. They're changed. They're helped. They're free. They're delivered. They're, 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 they're healed. They're, they're, they live different. They think different. They conduct themselves different. Their marriage is different. The way they treat people is different. I mean, so many changes. That might as well be you if you've got some funky conduct. It doesn't have to keep being that way. Well, I've been this way for 30 years. So, that's long enough. Just a suggestion. I'm not trying to make you do anything, but just saying it's on the table. Just because you have been a certain way doesn't mean you have to continue that way. When you recognize a higher calling, when you recognize that God will move in your life, he will urge you to do certain things, you'll change if you start listening to it. Amen. I, I know this. I'll get back to this verse. But, uh, you know, the Lord moved on me. I could have gone a certain direction in my life, had opportunities to. Could have been president, could have, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, rocket scientist, uh, astronaut, professional athlete, pastor. I went with pastor. Now, here, here's the, here's the <laughs> I'm just patting myself on the shoulder, hoping you'll think more highly of me than I am. Uh, in reality, the Lord dealt with me. And I could, have, I could have yielded, and I did, or I could have resisted, and I yielded. He, he dealt with, he'll deal with all of us. I'm getting way ahead of myself in this message, but I'm just going to say what I'm going to say right now. People get concerned sometimes about not knowing what they're really supposed to do, what they're really supposed to be in life, and think, okay, I get the principle. God knew me. He saw me ahead of time. He planned some things out for me. I get that, but I don't know what it is. See, when we set our hearts to seek after him, there must be a position we enter into where we trust that he will get all required information to us. 
Now, I don't mean if we're, we're ignoring him. We're not looking to him. We're living our ways and doing the things of the world. We're probably going to miss it. But if we are looking to him, where our heart is sincere, we're honest before him and say, Lord, show me. Talk to me about how you see me. Talk to me about what, what, what I'm really made for, what I was really born for. If you set your heart that way, he'll get you the information. This is on him. It was his idea. He's the one who thought about you ahead of time. So don't be concerned. Amen. Amen. We even have, a, we even have our growth track around here that helps people. To get to that place, to find, to discover, to identify with who they really are. What a tragedy to know who you are physically. To know your, your natural life, but to miss God's intentions for your existence. And I tell you, he has them for all of us. So again, Paul said, you've heard of my former conduct. That's not my current conduct. My former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. That's pretty serious business. I used to try to destroy the church of God. He was directly opposed to God himself. He was trying to destroy the work of God. He said, that's what I was. That's how I used to be. That's how I used to act. But no longer. He said, and I advanced in Ju Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. In other words, all, his, uh, uh, all the people around him, they're patting him on the back saying, Paul, you're awesome. You are the man. You, you are doing the job. And he's walking up the steps, the corporate steps in, in life. People are thinking he's something special. But he was fighting against God. Maybe some of you used to fight against God or still do. But he said, I used to be that way. Verse 15, but when it pleased God... Who separated me, look, here we go again, from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. We see another person. There not only was Jeremiah, but there also was Paul. And both of them are mentioning, God has been thinking about me before I was born. He had me in mind before I came into the planet, planet Earth. He was thinking about me then. And I just look at this, I think, is it only Jeremiah? Is it only Paul? Or is it possible that this is true concerning everyone in some degree or some fashion according to God's plan that he thinks about them first? I don't know but about you, but I'm saved and I certainly made a choice to give my life to the Lord. But for me to think that I thought of him before he thought of me might be pride. Huh? I wasn't the one who thought of him. He's the one who thought of me. And the very fact that I ever thought about him was because he thought about me. And the very fact that you exist, that you're here, and that God is talking to you, he's moving in your life, it's because God loved you first. It's not that we love God, but he loved us. And then we hopefully respond accordingly to that call. The scripture tells us in Romans chapter 11 that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. He doesn't take them back. Somebody said, man, I've messed up. I've done some horrible things. I've turned my back on God. I've, done, I've hurt people. I've done this. I've made all these decisions. I know, but the gift and calling of God is still there. It's still there. It's not amazing. God's mercy and grace. He still wants to do great things in your life, even though you may have made some wrong choices. They exist on a person's life 
independent of a positive response. Amen. They're not determined by God. Uh, they are determined by God and not contingent upon all the reasons that we think it cannot be. I know there is the thinking that goes like this. Well, if God has this master plan for my life, uh, then what does it matter what I do? It's all up to him. But here's the difference. It's one thing to plan. It's one thing to even see ahead. It's a whole other thing to make it happen. And the fact that God sees you and knows you and looks ahead doesn't mean he causes us to be what we are. Every, every call and gift of God provided by his grace requires an appropriate response from him. Amen. You know, I'll stand before God someday uh, for, for doing right with what he gave me to do. All right. Now, if I would have gone a different direction, you know, became an astronaut or became a professional baseball player or, you know, president or, you know, one of those other options. Uh, watch. I wouldn't stand up before the Lord one day and say, here I am, president, so and so, you know, this person. I, no, he would have said, no, you're a pastor. And so I'm dealing with you based on pastor. Well, no, Lord, that must be someone else because that's not what I did. Well, that was what you were supposed to do. That was what I called you to do. That's what I saw before you were born. That's what I put in you. And I dealt with you when you were a teenager. And then I dealt with you when, at this time. And I dealt with you at this time. And each time I dealt with you, you went a different direction. But you stand before me now as a pastor accountable to that call. Everybody with me? How many know it's important that we listen? When we're urged by the Lord to do things and go a certain direction, and uh, we need to follow that. Because he thought it up, and he is still God, by the way. <laughs> now, he's not going to force us, but he gives us the opportunity to respond to what he wants us to do. Amen? Now, biblical language, I want to give you this phraseology. Some of you may be very familiar with it. But everyone here, every single person is either, and really all around the globe, okay, Every person is either in Adam or they are in Christ. Two categories of people on the planet, in Adam or in Christ. If you're familiar with that, you know what that, you know what that means, but we should all know about this language. Here's, here's a, a, one reference. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 reads, For as in Adam all die. Even so, in Christ, all shall be made alive. All right? So, in Adam, death. In Christ, life. In Adam, the ways of the flesh and the world. The, 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 the things that we often choose, earthly things. In Christ, heavenly stuff. In, in Christ, his plan. What he designed. What he foreordained. All right? We should see ourselves, not just what we see in the mirror, not just how we're defined by others around us. We should see ourselves the way that God sees us. And if you're saved, you are considered to be in Christ. It's a positional place of acceptance of God's embrace where he has called us by his name. All right? If you'll find your, your true identity, I mean, who do you identify with? If you find your true identity, uh, 
you'll find that God has an eternal purpose for you, and it's the only thing that lasts. It's the only thing that continues. Here's, here's the way the Scripture speaks of this in, uh, in the book of James chapter 4. It reads this way, for what is your life? It is even a, what's that word? A vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Well, that's kind of hardly disrespectful to my life. <laughs> Listen, this is an eternal perspective which many people lack. Your life, my life, is, it's a vapor. It's brief, man. It, on, on, the, on the, eter- the line of eternity, there's your little life. That doesn't mean insignificant to God, but in, 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 in eternity, it's brief. It's but for a moment. We only have a little bit of time here to do something significant, to find out what God's intentions are, to recognize His eternal plan and eternal value for, all, for our existence. And if we miss it, and it affects everything. But our life is a vapor. You're here, you're out of here. Uh, probably the older you are, the more that seems real. Am I right? <laughs> and all the old people said? Oh. <laughs> Often when people are young, it's like a year is a long time. But when you're older, <laughs> how many young people said? They're not many, huh? Everyone thinks they're old. Uh, the older a person gets, it's like time seems to pass. Like yesterday I was a kid, and, and then I had kids, and then grandkids, and then great-grandkids, and, and, and life seems to go quickly. I'm not saying me, I don't, haven't gone that far yet. Uh, but life seems to go fast, and it's true. The more you have a picture of eternity, you'll realize life is very, very brief. Here's the way the psalmist said it. Psalm 90, verse 12, reads, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The person who numbers their days accesses wisdom. They gain a heart of wisdom. But a person who can only see two feet in front of them, and they see life, oh, i got plenty of time. I'm going to get to that later. I know I haven't been living for God. I know I haven't been given, making decisions that were right for the Lord, but I'm going to. I mean, I'm only whatever, and I, I got plenty of time. I got plenty of opportunity to do that down the road. What's that called? Well, flip this verse around. Heart of wisdom would be the heart of, the opposite would be heart of a fool. The fool doesn't number his days. The fool thinks he's got all, plenty of time to do as much as he wants and just kind of live, live in the ways of the world, and that's very, very foolish. But when we recognize, man, our time is short. We've only got so many. We start thinking in a different way. We start making decisions for our lives in different ways. Have you ever thought about how we spend our time? How many days do you have on planet Earth? We're supposed to number them. How many days do you have? If you look at average life expectancy in the United States as of 2014, Life expectancy is 78.8 years, all right? Now, I know that's not God's promise. Read Genesis. You can go up to 120 if you want, okay? But just saying that that's the reality of where everyone is right now. If you take that number and do the math, 
How many days is that? Anybody know off the top of your head? Right. <laughs> I did the, did the math. 28,762. That's how many days if you were to live that long on the planet, you have that many days. We're supposed to number them, right? So here we go. Those are how many days. Now, uh, how many do you have left? Again, I'm not trying to cap your life at that point, but you figure your age, how old you are, and if you were to do the math, are you half of that? Are you a quarter of that? And three quarters of that? You uh, 90%? How many days do you have left? We're supposed to be aware of this because it is foolish to think we have unlimited time on earth. And what we do in this life affects the next. It affects eternity. The fool does not see eternity. They don't, they, don't, they don't make decisions based upon forever. They just see their little vapor. Now, I looked up how, about some things about how we spend our time. Ready? Apparently, we spend 25 years sleeping. That eats up a lot of those days, huh? Uh, we work for 10.3 years. <laughs> uh, we watch TV for 9.1. Yikes, huh? Do you know, we, we spend two years watching commercials. Two years. Uh, you spend 1.1 years cleaning. <laughs> You spend 2.5 years cooking. Apparently, you drive your car for 4.3 years. <laughs> it's a lot of time in the car. You spend three months of your life in traffic. That's about 38 hours a year in traffic. You spend 1.5 years in the bathroom. I don't know if there's much you can do about that. <laughs> Apparently, women spend nearly one year deciding what to wear. <laughs> but the average man will spend one year staring at women. <laughs> true, I guess. I mean, I got it off the Internet, so you know it's true. Uh, women spend eight years of their life shopping. Some of you are saying, it's not near enough either. <laughs> I guess the average employee spends uh, two years sitting at work in meetings. Two-year meetings. <laughs> Interesting how we spend our time. Is your time valuable? I tell you, it is whether you recognize it or not. Uh, it is very valuable. Here's the point. We don't have time to not know who we are in God's eyes. We don't have time. We don't have time to just waste not knowing our true identity. We've got to get some of these things together. 
In order to make our life count for something, we need to know who we are in Christ. What has he called us to be? What has he ordained that we would be? In Adam, mm, it's not looking good. A lot of death. In Christ, it is really looking good. But we've got to know it. We've got to understand it. Let me give you a few verses. I'll just read them to you. 1 Corinthians 1.30. It reads, But of him you are in Christ, Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. How does the Lord see a person in Christ? I tell you, wise. I tell you, they have wisdom from God. In Christ, that's who you are. You already have it. Wisdom from God. And righteous. Man, you're right. You are right, one righteous dude in Christ. Now, in your flesh, how others see you, you may be any kind of number of things. But I'm telling you, that's not God's perspective. We need His. We're righteous. We're sanctified. And we are redeemed. What does that mean? We've been purchased by his blood. Someone said, well, I'm a Christian, but I can do whatever I want to do. Baloney. You lost your true identity. You find out who you really are. You realize the day you bowed your knee to Jesus, you became his. He purchased you. He is the one to be calling the shots. And you go contrary to that, man, that's a messed up life. And that will be a life of regret. You'll get to the end and say, man, I was an idiot. Can't believe I did that and I did that and my life is gone now. Come on now. The Lord has great things for us. We've got to keep our knee bowed to him. He purchased us. We are his present tense possession. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and diffuses through us the fragrance of fragrance of his knowledge in every place who are you in Christ tell you, you are one victorious person you are successful you are a victor he has made you to triumph every time you're not a loser you're not one to be run over you're not one that's just going to fail at everything in life you're successful in Christ man it sure makes sense to follow him man it sure makes sense to do things his way but I need to know this is my true identity I am a victor I am triumphant in him. Maybe you come from a long line of losers. I don't say that to be rude, but that's not who you are. The moment you get in Christ, you have a new heritage. Come on, the moment you get in Christ, you are set up to, uh, to succeed. Praise God. It's in your DNA, your spiritual DNA now. huh? Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Man, God seems so far away, seems so distant. No, 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 not in Christ. No, if you're in Him, what's your identity? I'm tight with God. So what's your life like? I walk, I'm really close with the Lord. He and I, we are, bam, you might be over here, but we are, Bam, right? Like the Lord and I, he, through the blood of Christ, I have been brought near to him. Do you know you're close to God? Say it with me. Say, I am close to God. Yeah. Don't entertain a thought that he's distant from you. Don't entertain the notion, the very idea that he is far from you. And you've got to try to find him. Here he is. Because of the blood of Jesus, you're tight. Philemon, verse 6, reads this way. 
that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Did you see that some things in our life and our success in them are hinged upon our acknowledgement of what is in us in Christ? Not by our acknowledgement of who we are in this world and in the eyes of other people, but we acknowledge who we are in Him, and He said our communication becomes effective. I tell you, your ability to succeed and do well in life is very much contingent and hinging upon the fact that you recognize how God sees you. You see who you are in Him. See it, say it, acknowledge it, believe it, thank Him for it, believe it every day. It sets us up to live a different way. Amen. So the contrast with this would be we're not to be defined by our past, by our failures, by our desires. We're not defined by what we're tempted to do. We're not defined by labels from others. The world in which we live wants to put everyone in a little kind of descriptive box. And if you're tempted to act a certain way, they say, well, you must be one of these. You must be one of this. Especially if it comes in the sexual world. I want to put you in a little container and say, I'm going to label you because you want this. You're a this. I said, no, that's not. I am who Christ says I am and I'm nothing else. I am what he says about me. I want to know his perspective of my life, not what everyone else would say that I am. Amen. And if you've failed and if you've, you, you've lost things, you've made mistakes, you've done so many things in your life, you can be easily take that as your identity and say, that's just who I am. I'm a crook. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old drunk. I'm a, I'm a this. I'm a, you know, I've been divorced. I've, I was doing this and I, I've made these different pr mistakes. It doesn't matter now. In Christ, all things are new. All things are clean. All things start over. And if we will ident be identified by that, mm, it makes a huge, huge difference. Let me read these verses to you. I'm going to try to finish up. From Ephesians. But I'm going to read this to you from the Message Bible. Okay? So you can follow along in whatever you have. But it's Ephesians chapter 1 beginning in verse 7 from the Message Bible. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah... His blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people. Free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free, uh, barely free either, abundantly free. Abundantly free. Who are you? Free person. Say, well, I got these mental issues. and I No, you don't. Not in Christ you don't. Well, I've got all these hang-ups and these bondages and I'm addicted to this and I've got this habit of doing... In Christ you are free. Totally free. Abundantly free. Yeah. Sometimes people think of freedom and they only think of it in terms of natural stuff again. Well, I'm not in jail, so I guess I'm free. Listen, there are a whole bunch of people not in jail that are more bound up than some people who are in jail who have received the Lord and recognize their freedom in Christ. Internally, they have peace and freedom now. And that's really more important than externally. I'm not volunteering for jail, but you know what I'm saying. There is a bigger issue, and it's internally I recognize what God, how God sees me, 
And I'm a free person. Amen. So he goes on to say, somewhere in here. Amen. Abundantly free. There it is. He thought of everything, providing for everything we could, we could possibly need. Letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. Man, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose. He is working out in everything and everyone. Come on, guys, there's a perspective here we need to get. And many of us walking around through life not knowing who we really are, who we really are. We've lost our identity where we've never discovered it. It is found in Him. Our only hope of a fulfilled life is when we find it in God's design. Yeah, then everything starts making sense. Everything starts working. You've got to find it because it, it exists. It's there in Him. It's His plan. Amen. We can choose this world or God's amazing purpose. And I tell you, some of the way this works, and I'll give you this in closing today, some of the way these things work is God gives us a glimpse, He gives us some revelation of who He is, His character, His nature, His love, what He has done for us. But we don't, it doesn't work this way where, I, where we have to see the whole picture, the whole plan. I've got to see my entire life from here going forward before I commit to it. No. I see that he loves me. He's good. Jesus on the cross for me. And I don't see it all. And I don't know everything he wants for me to do. But based on him, I'm going in. And I commit. And I say, Lord, you've got me. I'm all yours. I bow my knee. I'm not going the way of this world. I'm not going according to my plan. I surrender my plans and my life to your greater plan and your life. And as we do that, here we go. That's when things start opening up. That's the beginning. He starts showing us more. Okay, now that you're in, you can see some things. Jesus taught this way. He, he, he talked, talked to his disciples when they asked, why do you keep talking in parables? No one understands what you're talking about. He said, they're not supposed to. They're on the outside. I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing. He said, they're on the outside. I'm talking to you because you're on the inside. I'll explain to you what it means, the mysteries of the kingdom. But when they're on the outside, their hearts are hard. They don't want this, so I speak to them in parables. That's one of the reasons. That's a short mini description of that. He said, once you get on the inside, I'll explain things to you. So there is something about the disciples dropped their nets. They left their jobs. They left what they were doing. They said, I'm going to follow you. Man, what are you guys getting into? Did they know? No. Did they, did they fathom the, the magnitude of what they were getting into when they followed Jesus? No. Uh, I tell you, they're glad. Yeah. 
And there is something about you take the little information you have, say, Lord, I'm in. I'm in. I'm signing up. Put me down. I am in with you. My life done. Your life begins in me right now. And that's when he opens the, our eyes. That's when he starts to teach us. That's when he starts to show us his great plan and purpose for our future. Amen. I tell you, God wants to help us today. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for what you're doing in and through and among every person right now. Lord, I believe that you are active and you are at work. You are alive and powerful inside of us. We choose to trust you, to commit our way to you. Help us to see further more and more our true identity how do you see us father what do you want us to do how do we see this life and how can we number our days and and make make our lives count for something important something eternal i thank you for wrapping your arms around individuals that have felt rejected Individuals that have felt shamed, individuals that have felt kicked out, tossed aside. Holy Spirit, I thank you for moving in them right now and revealing the great love of God for them. Man, I'm talking to some people when I say that. You know it's you. You don't have to say anything or do anything. I'm not trying to embarrass anyone. But I want you to know how much the Lord loves you. You wouldn't show me this right now except for that you are very, very important to him. Very, very important to him. He's been thinking about you for a long time, and now he's moving on you so you'll begin to walk with him closer than ever. Father, thank you for embracing and loving and even bringing about change and correction and new direction for people's lives as they submit to you. You bring new life. Thank you for helping each and every person. Oh, I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor and praise. Thanksgiving for what you're doing here today. In Jesus' wonderful name.